Welcome to Twin Flame Love Line. So today I'm going to talk about rejection. Have you ever had an experience in getting rejected by your love, not just Twin Flame? And then these stuffs will be、um, usually turn out to be a patterns and、uh, makes us difficult to proceed a smooth, loving relationship and makes us afraid. So, we are going to cover this subject. If you guys had a rejection or scared of getting rejected, I do have an offer and a service on my Etsy store, Love Relationship Services. So, check them out. And if you guys want to transform yourself really fast, I have a rapid transformation program. So, let's discuss. About that on the call, if that is the right program for you at the free diagnostic call, and I can find out more about your situation. Links are in the description box. So let's get started. Dealing with rejection. The whole it's not you, it's me thing. And I don't know who's heard that before, but it's pretty common. I think it's one <laughs> of those things that、um, people like to say to kind of ease the discomfort、yeah. of being rejected. They're like, oh, don't worry about it. It has nothing to do with you. It's all me. Like that makes it any better. Because <laughs> it doesn't make it any better. Because I've heard that before and I'm like, really? Yeah. Okay, sure. <laughs> You know, and back when I was really wrapped up in my own wounds that I experienced, you know, my own inner child stuff and my family stuff growing up,、um, I kind of inherited this belief that I wasn't enough, that I had to perform to do other things to make people like me, that I was unlovable unless I, you know, did certain things like. You had to do things in order to be loved, is kind of what I learned. So, most of my experiences in dating and relationships were around finding somebody to make me feel loved. So, when I would have, because I couldn't love myself, and I never had that feeling that I was ever lovable unless somebody validated that for me by. Showing me or telling me that they love me. So, when any anytime I was ever in a relationship and,、um, you know, it would break up or whatever, I never broke up with anybody. Not one single person I ever dated long term did I ever break up with one single person because I was like the eternal, you know, had no sense of, of being enough. So, who was I without this other person, you know? I'm like, I, I'm not complete, you know, without another person. And I have to have another person. Otherwise, I can't love myself and, you know, all these things. So, inevitably, <laughs> whenever somebody would break up with me, because that's always what happened, for whatever reason, usually it's like, oh, you know, high school relationship, time to move on, college relationships, time to move on to bigger, better things, you know, and I just would be devastated. I would be devastated, you know, and、um, it just would send my whole world into this tailspin. So that's part of the reason why I want to talk about this because I think a lot of people who have not healed that aspect of themselves, where they maybe 
are struggling with that sense of unworthiness, they may not even be aware of the fact that that's what's going on. I think it it took me a while, a spiritual awakening and lots of self-work to be able to get to the place where I am today, where I'm okay by myself. Some people are, but some people who grew up with, you know, a variety of things that happened that instilled these beliefs and patterns into them, where they're, you know, thinking that I'm inferior, I'm unloved, I'm unwanted, you know, all of these things. And that's what rejection brings up. It's like a huge trigger. And we're all inherently wanting to form connections with people. It's like hardwired into us. And when we get that sense of rejection and just the word in of itself, rejection is just, it brings up all kinds of images of things like this, but it's that loss of connection. And we tend to feel cut off again, like I said, unwanted, unloved, you know, like that whole, what's wrong with me? You know, what did I do? Why am I not enough? And it brings all of those wounds like glaringly to the surface. And um, that's why it can be difficult unless you've worked through those things when you do have a relationship that ends on the other person's, you know, when they're the ones ending it, I should say. Um, It brings all that stuff to the surface. So, Erica, what are your thoughts on that? That's a really good uh, topic to discuss about. Um, I did break up with my exes. I I experienced both. But uh, um, when I break up, I usually tell them what is not working between us. I, I never use the it's not you, it's me line because then they're going to be like attached to me. So it's good idea to state why this is not working out and impossible to rekindle the relationship. So even though it's painful, like temporary, it's a good idea. So they never have to wonder like what is wrong with me, right? Or why the other person broke up with me. And this stuff happened to me because of my um, first love. And my first love, I was 18 and I was madly in love with this guy. And then uh, he was older, he was 24. And then I was 100% in love, like 100%. But I was always scared of losing him because my dad died when I was 11 maybe 12, but between 11 and 12. So I was always like scared of losing someone important, like all of a sudden, no reason disappear from me or whatever, right? So I was kind of like um, emotional and I was always worried about losing him. And because of that, it's like self-fulfilling philosophy and I, I lost him and then he was like, it's not, it's not you, it's me, you know, can we just be friends? And because of that uh, experience, and took me about, 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 about probably a year, but it was really bad because I was like such a good girl. I never smoke, I never drink, you know, in college, but like, 
I decided to drinking every day. <laughs> and then I decided to smoke too. Because I wanted to ease my pain. And then I hated whiskey, but at that time I was drinking whiskey every day. Like I can't even handle drinking, but I had to drink in order to like uh, cope my pain. It sounds so bad. <laughs> and because No, that, I know it doesn't because that's why a lot of people drink. It's, yeah. it's, it's coping mechanism to cover their pain, 100%. Yeah, so I did that. And I kind of like got over him by going out with another guy, which was like horrible relationship. Like my friend said, oh, you got to be with someone who loves you more than you do. So it was disaster, by the way. But anyhow, after my first experience, I decided to not to use this line, it's not you, it's me thing, because I got so much pain. And then I had to wonder what is wrong with me, why he had to break up with me. And I, I had to investigate like my flaws. And then unless the other person tells you like why this wasn't working out, you're going to dig in so hard and kind of like um, putting yourself down. Because like, it's kind of like a very um, unhealthy situation if person leaves um, unclear about why like this person left you. And then you keep on assuming the worst case scenario, right? And that's what happened to me. Um, so I never done that. Um, I think after that, I, I decided to never love someone until he becomes my husband. Always love him 70%, not 100. Ever, never. And I'm still that way, you know? <laughs> because until then, you never know. Like, always leave 30% for yourself. So if you have to leave him or he does, he going to decide to leave you, you're not going to be devastated by that. But, like... Self-esteem thing, self-worth thing is like hugely affecting the relationship. I agree with you because when someone is leaving you for whatever the reason, or in my case, comparison was a huge deal. So because my mom always compare with me with other person, compare with my cousins or compare to my friend or whatever, and then depends on because of comparison i'm not as good as the other person that is the point of the comparison so let's say if a guy is leaving you for another woman or like your guy suddenly met someone you know right before uh, breaking up with you and that was my thing like like a rejection not like the line but why the person is choosing the other person over me, right? And that was my thing. And I had to work on that a lot, like to finally understand that, that is not like anything wrong with me or something wrong with me or something less than the other girl. Um, that got nothing to do with me. Like sometimes the other person meet, um, they are soulmate, right? And you happen to be not the soulmate. And then meeting the person before or after doesn't matter because because he, he, he met his soulmate and you want his soulmate. That happens, right? So you're not going to 
I decided to not to take it so uh, personally when that happens. But rejection is like really painful. So I guess um, I did work on like so much on myself. And then uh, after like, after I gained enough confidence, like I learned how not to take it personally, but like, you know, when you do pro and cons and then you kind of understand like, okay, you want the comparable. It's not your personality thing, but it's not a comparable thing. Like you are totally different person and then you fight all the time and then, okay, this is why, you know, that got nothing to do with your personality or something is missing from you, for example. But rejection, dealing with rejection is so painful, no matter why, why you're breaking up with a person or even you are the one who is breaking up in a relationship as a result of your mind is choosing something over you. You're not, you're not his priority. Like he may be choosing his work. I mean, I'm not that person, but his work over you or his TV over you or, you know, anything. Like anything is more important than me. You know, and then that's something you or we still have to work on, like why I'm not his priority. And after that, I, I guess after that experience, I learned that I'm not going to take anyone who, who doesn't consider me as a priority. So, you know, I learned that lesson. But when I was overcoming that pain, like why, why, like anything other than me is more important. And I don't really... um. I'm not so difficult to deal with in the relationship. Like usually I was told I'm so easy to be with. So when I state what I want, my need, and if the person is not meeting my need, but like constantly um, stating why, you know, for example, this is more important than me, or this comes more urgency to take care of, you know, that kind of thing. Like, my ex train didn't even have a 10 minutes for me. You know, I, I say, can we have a, I'm a quality, quality time person in love language. And that's really important to me. And then he's so busy and he's like, I asked him like, do, do we, can we even have a 10 minutes? I know you don't have like time, but can we even have a 10 minutes? everybody can come up with 10 to 15 minutes. I mean, he didn't even have a time, you know, after a long-term relationship. And then I was, I'm like, I took that as an answer. Like, you know, this is a cue, you know? <laughs> but um, it's a good idea to, um, I guess, um, understand, like, really, really important to work on yourself and understand it is not your fault or nothing is wrong with you when the other person is leaving you. So when you happen to be wake, uh, breaking up with someone, I feel like it's your responsibility to tell them why this is not working out in a nice way. But so they don't take it in the wrong way to think it's, it's like there's something wrong with them, you know. 
And that's what I want to add. Yeah. And that's the thing, because it goes both ways. I mean, there's a way to consciously uncouple, you know, I mean, there's a very kind, heart-centered way to break up with somebody so that they are, um, you know, not feeling like, you know, they did something wrong or, you know, so I totally agree with what you're saying. Um, Unfortunately, most of my experience, actually, I would have say all of my experience has been um, on the opposite end, you know, the receiving end of the breakup where, like I said, I, that whole rejection thing was just like this nightmare for me. And it's interesting because I find that generally most of the people I've talked to fall into two categories. And they all have that inherent belief that they're not enough for one reason or another, whether it's, you know, from relationship experience or childhood experience or whatever, they somewhere deep down their subconscious, if they're really struggling with feeling like they were rejected, it's because they have some deep seated belief somewhere in their subconscious that they're not enough. And that's what triggers all those feelings and emotions. And it, they, it seems to fall into two categories. Either they blame themselves thinking they're not enough. They're unworthy. I'm, you know, I'm not what this person wanted. I should be this or should be that, you know, and they try to, even in the relationship, they try to change themselves to be what they think that other person wants. And that's not good because that's not who you are. So if somebody is going to be with you, it's because they want to be with you for who you are, not because you're trying to meet some standard that they have, because if you're doing that, then you're not the right person for them anyway. So I always try to tell my clients, you know, rejection is the universe's protection. That if somebody is not wanting to be with you, it's because they're not meant for you. You're meant to be with somebody else somebody who is like that perfect fit, like that puzzle piece fit. And if this person is not seeing that in you, it means that's not the one, right? So, you know, that whole blaming yourself and thinking you're not good enough and stuff, it's not going to get you anywhere because it's not true. It's nothing really, ultimately, um, there's somebody else better suited for you and better suited for them. Otherwise, they wouldn't be you know, break it up with you in the first place. Um, the other category is those who don't blame themselves are the ones who go into denial. <laughs> they go into that extreme belief and they start bad mouthing the other person saying what a piece of crap they are about, you know, they get that, you know, vengefulness. You know, these are the girls that go out and key the car, or, you know, the guys that, you know, stalk the girl afterwards or, you know, slash their tires. You know, these people who are like entrenched in anger and bitterness and vindictiveness because they're like, oh, you hurt me. So I'm going to, you know, you know, whatever I can do to you to make your life miserable. Those are the kind of people that um, also inherently have that subconscious belief that they're unworthy. But rather than recognizing it and feeling into those feelings, um, they turn around and lash out in anger and um, they're in denial that they believe that in the first place. So they're going to be the ones that are 
you know, trying to make that other person's life a living hell. And I know people like this too. <laughs> I've seen them in my life. Um, so how do you deal with this? How do you deal with these feelings? You know, um, it's always a blow to the ego, right? Whenever somebody breaks up with you, even if you have a very healthy sense of self-esteem, you know, there's always that feeling that, you know, maybe it's sadness, maybe it's the grief over the loss and that's all normal and that's okay. But when it gets to be an issue is, is when it starts to be about you, you know, there's something wrong with me. What's wrong with me? Why am I not enough? And those are the feelings that um, are not healthy. And that's the stuff that you need to work on. And those are the issues you need to heal within yourself. And um, it's, it's a process, you know, and especially if you're just now uncovering this, you maybe didn't realize this about yourself and all this stuff is being triggered. Um, there, there are things you can do. There are ways to remind yourself that you are worthy, you know, that, that you are enough. And there, there's a lot of, um, a lot of different ways to approach this. You know, you can work with a coach, you can work with a pastor, you can work, you know, in your spiritual practice. I mean, there's a whole bunch of different things you can do, but, um, the key is, is getting over the hump and getting back to a place where you feel good again, feel good about yourself so that you can go back and put yourself back out there when you're ready. Yeah, that's awesome. And also, this is what I did uh, before my spiritual awakening. I, I um, deliberately start to make a friend with someone who come from really emotionally healthy family and having um, self-confidence, right? As someone really popular girl, you know, everybody like her, and then she's she's a genuinely nice person. So I decided to become friends with those girls, and then observing her, and then learn from how they react in the situation. You know, um, and see see the difference between me and me and them, because I understood I didn't come from emotionally healthy you know, upbringing since after my father died. And my father loved me to death. But after that, you know, I didn't have anyone like that. So anyhow, um, so like, I, I really learned difference between me and these, you know, popular girls who is very confident about themselves and the kind to other people, that kind of thing because they have like a huge capacity to accept other people, right? So I could be their friend and then I can just learn from them. And that's what I did. And then um, it's just a collecting evidence, like how they deal with the rejection, like how they, how they comment about it when things aren't working out, like how do, do they behave? And then I asked the question like, you know, um, let's say I know like other people who are going to be vindictive and go cycle and then like they don't do that so I I want to know like oh and don't you don't you get angry about this how do you feel about it how are you dealing with this you know that kind of thing and then even like they are not into like um 
personal development, let's say, or not even in the spiritual field. Like they have a, such a healthy um, self-worth. And then like one girl, it was amazing. She said, you know, um, this is this is the place I visited with my ex, like particular restaurant or something. And then I was like, how do you feel about it? And she was like, oh, you know, I'm making good memory with you. So I'm, I'm repainting my story by having good time. So every single time I come to this place, I'm not going to feel sad about it. And I was like, wow, you know, that was like super new to me. Like, I was like, wow, you can do that. And then all that kind of behavior they, they say they do to make them feel good about themselves. Like, I was thinking, wow, like I never thought about it. I never done it before. And then I was personally collecting that and they tried to emulate them, right? And then that's how I dealt with it. So one thing you can do is, um, you know, make a friend who is healthy and then uh, emotionally healthy and then confident about herself. And she doesn't have to be the most beautiful girl in the world because usually a girl who is confident about herself, regardless of her appearances, you know, guys find her attractive. I mean, you know, so you don't have to be super, you know, most like uh, 10, 10 score of like ideal beauties. You don't have to be like that. And that, that kind of gave me the assurance and the confidence, like you don't have to be visually perfect. Like, you know, you can look attractive and that's enough. Like when you, you are confident about yourself, right? Because they're gonna always say, I mean, guys, they're like, I, I don't know why, but like, because they can't really pinpoint why they're attracted to her because she's not a perfect 10. But like, they're like, well, she, I find her super attract attractive. You know, that's their comment. like. I can't pinpoint why, but they all like her, right? Uh, that kind of thing was like really good evidence for me because before my spiritual awakening, I was very left brain-sided person and I love uh, gathering data and analyzing the situation. So that was really helpful to be with someone who is different from you and can learn from these girls like how they how they um handle this kind of situation you know yeah no that's a great idea 100 percent. and i was gonna say that too because that's part of my list is you know paying attention to who you hang out with you know um getting rid of the people who are those toxic friends um the people who um tend to push your boundaries, the people who don't respect you, the people who are, um, you know, those kind. have you ever had those kind of people in your life who say they're joking, but will put you down? You know, they're like, oh, I'm just joking. Take a joke. Get away from those kind of people <laughs> because those kind of people are not going to lift you up. So do like Erica said, find somebody who is healthy in their self-esteem. Find somebody who can lift you up and bring you with them. Um, so get rid of the toxic friends. Get Stay away from the toxic family members who, you know, are continuing to bring you down and, and make nasty comments or, you know, sarcastic remarks. It may not be overtly nasty, but like 
but it, when they say things that are um, like insults or put downs or like, oh, you know, you lost another one or, oh, you know, you're never going to get married or, oh, you know, whatever it is. And then they turn around and say, oh, I'm just joking. Yeah. No, they're not. Stay away from that kind of stuff. Stay away from those people because those people are not the people you want to hang out with because they are not going to help you feel any better. Um, another thing that I tell people always, 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 and this is so important, it's not just um, for dealing with rejection, but in everything when it comes to keeping your vibration high and keeping an alignment with your soul and with source, pay attention to what you ingest, whether it's the internet, TV, music, movies, whatever. It has such a powerful effect on how you feel about yourself. So if you're constantly scrolling through social media and you're looking at all the happy couples or looking at all these beautiful people, you know, because social media is so fake, you know, everybody's filtered, everybody's photoshopped, everybody's, you know, it's not reality. So if you're focusing on that stuff and looking and thinking about yourself, oh, I'm not this, I'm not that, I'm not enough. All that's going to do is perpetuate those feelings. Same thing like with what kind of music you listen to. If you're listening to super depressing music or, um, you know, you're watching movies where everybody is like, you know, happily ever after and it just brings you down, you know, turn this stuff off. Turn it off. Take a detox from media, you know, of all sorts, unless it's something that's uplifting and inspiring, something that builds you up. There are plenty of amazing podcasts out there that are very empowering. There's all kinds of, um, you know, things you could listen to, whether it's on Audible, there are all kinds of books. I know one of the, one of the great books I um, read after I had a bad, bad breakup was, um, who the heck, I can't think of who wrote it, but it was called um, it's called a breakup cause it's broken and talking about, you know, looking at your responsibility in the relationship on both sides, you know, why this relationship ended and it was never meant to be in the first place. You know, when you look at, you know, maybe you learn something from it, it's awesome. But if it was really designed for the two of you to fit together so perfectly, it wouldn't be broken. Hence, you wouldn't break up. So it's, it's just one of these things. So um, reading books, uh, watching inspiring things on TV, you know, staying away from the negativity does wonders, not only for your energy and your vibration, but it will help get you out of that um, mindset so you can focus on really what's true and what is really true. You are enough. You're enough. And you are perfect just as you are. You don't have to change yourself like I used to do. I used to depending on who I was dating, I changed myself to be whatever I thought they wanted me to be because I had no sense of self. I just figured that I had to be somebody else in order to get somebody to love me. So, you know, come back to who you are, spend time getting to know yourself and validating yourself, validating your self-worth. You know, if you have to put post-it notes up around the house, do that. One of the hardest things I did, um, when I was really working through this myself, and, and it's effective, it's difficult because you feel like you're lying to yourself, but if you're consistent in doing this, it works. And Louise Hay used to do this and used to talk about doing this. She called it mirror work. But if you look into the mirror, get really close, like nose to nose in the mirror and look directly into your eyes and just stare, stare at yourself, stare at your eyes, 
not only are you going to be able to get that experience of what it's like to feel your soul, but start telling yourself as you look in the mirror, I love you. You're enough. I love you. And if you start doing this, you're going to start believing it and it's going to shift some things for you. It's really powerful. It sounds, it feels very strange because I know, honestly, the first time I started doing this, I'm like, yeah, whatever you suck. (laughs) You know, it was like the first thing that came to my mind, but counteracting those thoughts is so key to helping move through this. And that's another thing I was going to say is watching your thinking, paying attention to your negative thoughts, you know, um, catching yourself. And and this is really about self-awareness, but paying attention to your thoughts because we all know law of attraction, you know, like attracts like. So the, the more you catch yourself in the negative thinking mode, and you can stop it, kind of pivot and shift that thinking and start thinking of something more positive, even if you have to think of something completely different, you know? So if like, say you're stuck in this, you know, what's wrong with me, stop yourself. And if it's too hard to shift out of that thought to thinking, no, I'm okay, change the topic, change the subject, you know, find something you love and think about that, you know, play with your animals, play with your dogs, go for a walk, you know, whatever it is that you love to do, focus on that and put your thoughts on that. And this can help shift you out of that negative thinking and then counteract those negative thoughts when they come up. You know, when you catch yourself saying, why does this always happen to me? You know, say something instead, like, well, obviously, you know, there's somebody better for me. This is just a learning experience. You know, I learned some great things and I le- I'm learning even more about myself. So this is an amazing opportunity. I can be excited about what's next, what's coming next, something even better. And when you say things like that, the universe responds, you know, the universe is always responding to our thoughts. So if you're thinking all these negative things about yourself, you're just going to perpetuate more experiences like that. So it's really important to pay attention to your thinking. Yeah. It is important. Like no matter even after like we we are spiritually awakened, um, it it needs like constant attention of our thought because most of the time we we kind of like conduct our daily life uh, without paying attention and all this um pattern of your um uh, you know thinking and mind, um. It's really important to catch it because usually the way you think it's gonna con- like automatically shift yourself to a belief, you know, because your th- way of thinking comes from your belief, and then it's gonna shift your vibration immediately to like really, really like you know not the great place, and it's a re- it's a really really something like we we can all like cultivate ourselves to pay attention to and also like another book uh, might be helpful to um, read is a um, book by uh, Byron Katie I don't remember the title of it but she she suggested a lot of self-work and then in the beginning of my spiritual journey like I came across uh, by her book and then I did a bunch of exercise like she was suggesting and that was really helpful you know, to heal your um, emotional, I guess, inner child pain and then then, like thought about you're not good enough or 
you have to do extra things to prove your worth. You know, like you, there's no need to prove anything. Like a lot of times, it's not just in the relationship. If someone is not looking at you as your, your equal, doesn't matter if it's your client or your, you know, you are at the job interview or you are at the date, someone is giving you some kind of a question to like you need to prove some something yeah you need to prove your worth you may want to pay attention that and then ask yourself do you really want to be with this person because if you are having respect towards um your date or you like this person you don't really ask the question to make them prove their worth or prove something unless like they did something questionable so you're gonna ask something like you know to to see if they are deceptive you know that's a different story but i'm talking about in a healthy you know dating relationship and then if the other person is you know put you in the position you have to prove yourself your worth to date him for example or you know, it seems like a job interview, for for example, right? If you put it into the situation, you really want to ask yourself, you know, is it worth for you to date this person? Because obviously the person is not looking at you as your equal, then you have to come up with some kind of reason why you are uh, worthy enough to date him, for example, right? And something like that you might want to pay attention to. It's really important to pay attention to what's going on in your thought process, but it's really important to pay attention to how other people are treating you. Yeah, and interestingly enough, um, we, speaking of how other people treat you, I also believe we teach people how to treat us. And if you are in a situation where you are accepting certain things in your relationship, um, certain ways of being treated, certain, um, you know, like perhaps, you know, they're not, I don't know, I'm trying to think of an example, like, um, you know, whether it's like subtle ways that they're not respecting you or subtle ways that they're not honoring your boundaries. These are all things that if you continue to let people do that, they're going to continue to do that because you're teaching them that that's okay. You know? So these are things that are important to pay attention to. And, and when you go through a breakup and somebody has dumped you or whatnot, and it's a really good time to take stock of all the things that transpired in that relationship that really weren't good for you, you know, because I'm pretty sure that if the relationship ended, there are things in that relationship, if you can go back and take a deeper look at it, that were not ideal for you. And, um, you know, whether it was, you know, not a complete heart to heart connection, or maybe you had different interests in things, or maybe, you know, you approach life differently. I guarantee if you go back and look at it, there are going to be things in that relationship that if you had your choice, were not your ideal. And that's another thing when I'm working with my clients and they're talking about, oh, I want to find my soulmate. Well, 
this is a great time after a breakup like this for you to get really clear once you have settled into the fact that you're single again, spend that time in self-reflection, spend that time in self-care, getting to know yourself, who you are individually in of yourself, separate from anyone else as your own unique person. What do you want? You know, and spend that time to get clear on what do I desire in a relationship? If I could have carte blanche, anything I wanted, what would it be? And write that all down, start journaling, you know, and once you start getting clear around what you want, that's a lot easier to look back at that relationship and realize that that wasn't it. That wasn't it. Because like I said, rejection is the universe's protection that there, I guarantee you that if you have a list of certain things that you desire, that you're, you're non-negotiables, like, this is what I want. If I could have the perfect person for me, this is what I want exactly. But that person wasn't it because if they were, chances are you were at that person's list as well. So, you know, spend time getting to know yourself, spend time, you know, doing things that, um, you weren't able to do before, you know, uh, spend more time with your friends, go, maybe start a new hobby, find, you know, find, uh, something you've always wanted to do. travel. If you want to travel, do things that, um, are fun and exciting for you that um, maybe you couldn't do as a couple, you know? Um, It's a great way to kind of find your way back to yourself. And I always encourage people to, um, you know, get into a meditation practice, but, you know, meditating people are like, oh, I have a hard time meditating. It doesn't have to be, you know, an hour sitting in a lotus position, oming, you know what I mean? Um, Meditation could be walking meditation. It can be you know, sitting and watching the waves on the ocean. It can be, you know, whatever, whatever it is that quiets your mind and allows you to tune within and go within and connect with your soul. Because I promise you, if you connect with the source of all that is, that I am presence, that is your soul, part of who you are, you will find nothing but unconditional love. And that is the ultimate source of healing for these wounds of unworthiness. Because once you really start tapping into that, that powerful essence of beingness and you start realizing who you are as a, as a soul, as a being that you are uniquely created. You are here for a reason. You are one of a kind, special and wholly loved and perfect as you are. It, it makes all of those feelings of being not enough just kind of fall to the wayside. Yeah, that's perfect. It makes sense. And then, also, it is very important um, for you to understand that, like, after I lost my first love, um, and the second love was kind of fucked, well, that wasn't even love. But, you know, after my third relationship, which is, you know, my, um, my, my first husband, um, it was really happy until I found out he was faking himself to um, fit me. You know, that was not a requirement. Like, my, my, deal breaker was uh, you gotta be authentic to to find out if we match because there's no point of dating if he is faking to be liked right but anyhow um every single time this is what i tell my client like every single time you break up with someone it doesn't matter he he decided to break up with you or you decided to break up with him you're getting closer and closer to your soulmate 
right? And that is true because every single time, if you learn something from that relationship or you worked on something about, uh, you know, false belief about yourself or something in the relationship, you think you might add more of yourself to improve yourself, stuff like that, then you will be attracting better and a better partner. And even in the twin flame relationship that a lot of my clients, uh, not all of them, uh, deal with third party relationship. And then, um, you know, uh, it could be painful if uh, their divine masculine is dealing with another person, right? And then you get rejected. Um, uh, in that case, it is really important to make like pro and cons to find out that uh, if this relationship is a true relationship, right? Um, your person will realize your value, your worth. And then there's no question about even comparing or choosing the between you and a bunch of other women or the other woman or whatever that is, right? So um, if that is not working out, that person wasn't meant to be with you. And that is a uh, that is the bottom line. After you work out on yourself, work on yourself, and then if the other person is not catching up with you, because um, people usually say like, oh, you know, uh, can you work on him? I cannot work on him because that's uh, against uh, his free will. But I can work on my client, and usually on the soul level. If you work on yourself, if the person is someone who you are really meant to be with, he will try to catch up with you. You know, you do see the improvement or his change all of a sudden because he sees you, you changed. So he's going to say, oh, my God, um, I got to do something about it. Otherwise, some other guy going to catch her. He can see your shine, you know. And if he doesn't see that, and still keep on being with somebody else. That is my suggestion. Everybody do have their own, you know, decision and free will and stuff like that. I mean, it's a good idea to um, be open to someone who you are meant to be with. And as someone who you are meant to be with, find you, your value, your worth, and there's no question to ask like or there's no you don't have to prove anything like uh, you go, you don't have to prove you're better than her nothing nothing you don't really have to do anything like that because if you're meant to be that person will find your value immediately and every single time you know you may going to this weak moment like oh i want to get back to him or something you know other dating goals gonna teach you how to get back with my, your ex and that's to me waste of your time because there's a reason why you break up with someone or he broke up with you because it wasn't working out you know there's a perfect person he's not perfect but perfect person for you someone somewhere out there so every time you break up with whoever you get one step closer to that person you haven't met yet and that was my credo um since my after my second person 
you know, and then my, I met my, um, you know, uh, fast husband. That didn't work out because he wasn't being real. Uh, and I didn't, I, I wanted authenticity. And if I put up with it, am I still going to be happy with him? Yeah, I am. But that's not the what I wanted. I wanted, I didn't want an okay relationship. I wanted to have an authentic relationship, like me being real, him being real, and then we get along. We jump, you know, we merge our world together, that kind of thing. So being authentic, being authentic to yourself is also fastest way to meet your person because unless you're being authentic how do you expect the other person to be authentic right exactly exactly 100 and that's the thing for every single time you're in a relationship that ends it's pushing you one step closer to that person that you're meant to be with because it's it's that awareness that Okay, so this isn't what I want. So what do I want? This wasn't this wasn't a good match. You know, there's somebody better. So that just means the universe is is pushing you more in that direction. And this I think it has not you know, ninety-nine point nine percent of the time, it's about the relationship. It's not about you. There's something in the relationship that isn't working. It's not you. It's not you that's bad. It's not you that's not enough. It's not you that's not attractive or fun or fun to hang out with, you know? <clears throat> and it's not about you. It's more about them. And so it absolutely has no reflection on your worth as a human being, none whatsoever. And I love this quote, Dita Von Tess, um, who's a little crazy, but she's, she's cool. Um, she had this, she said one time, she was quoted as saying, you can be the ripest, juiciest peach in the world. And there's still going to be somebody who hates peaches. And that's exactly true. I mean, you could be the most gorgeous, beautiful, you know, according to maybe Hollywood standards, um, celebrity, and there's still going to be somebody in the world who finds you unattractive. So, I mean, there's a match for people out there and it's not everybody. So if you're with somebody who's decided that you're not their perfect match, that's okay. It just means that they're not your perfect match either and that there's somebody else out there who is. So Catherine, hey, how you doing? Welcome up to the stage. Do you have a comment or a question? We'd love to hear from you, honey. Catherine, are you there? Yeah. Hey, sorry. <laughs> I always have a problems with the microphone. I don't know. It's so weird. I, it's right at the bottom right-hand corner, but you always want to press the logo on your face. <laughs> Anyways. Um, hi ladies. How's it going? <laughs> good. How are you doing today? Um, I'm good. I just, um, like to pop on here when you guys send me notifications. Um, yeah, this topic rejection is, uh, a sensitive topic for me because um on one hand logically you know uh and you believe that the rejection is meant for your highest good because your higher self is obviously smarter than your 3d self so <laughs> um but on the other hand it's kind of um it becomes disappointing when it continuously happens and then when you try to put in the law of attraction in the equation, now it's sort of like there's self-blame associated with it. 
um, I'm not a hundred percent sold on the law of attraction. I feel like, um, there's some sort of holes in that. That's just my opinion. I don't a hundred percent believe in it. I understand the concept of it, like the positive thinking part and you attract obviously more positivity if you think more positive, but it's also, um, it, to me, it just seems like, a we're having a human experience as well. And it, it can be difficult to always try to be positive when really you just want to break down too. And then I mean, I could just be confused about it, but like when you have bad days or even a bad week, it it's like, does that now, is that now worth more to the universe than the other 80% that I put in to what I wanted, I guess. Like, it seems like the equation always seems unequal. Anyways, what I'm getting at is um, I tried to date for quite some time, met a lot of people, but uh, I have now found that dating online in particular is atrocious. It, it, it actually is the epitome of rejection. <laughs> um, and I just feel as though like, how am I going to find or how is my soulmate going to find me? I guess, unless I put myself out there, which I'm really not drawn to do. It's almost like a fear now. Like it's not a hundred percent fear. It's just that I know what that game is. And it's kind of like, if you've learned it, if you're learning through this process of what you want, it's like, I feel like this online dating is just another game to mind fuck you. I guess you can say it's like, I don't need to go through those lessons again of, you know, getting to know somebody online and, or just constantly rejecting them for the first red flag you see. And it's, it, it seems very daunting and I just don't know how to, get back out there. Like, I don't know, like I feel better in my skin. I feel my worth and value. I, I just don't know how to get over this dating conundrum because it's really, I don't know. I just don't feel comfortable with it. And it would be nice if the universe can step it up, <laughs> like at least show me some sort of path on what I need to do. But I, other than that, I, I'm just kind of sad and lonely a lot. Just sad and lonely. And and I don't think it's a reflection on my worth. I'm just, I don't know. I just feel like, what's next? Is there going to be something exciting happening next? Or is this it for a while? And I'm just told to be patient. And I don't really want to go back online because it seems like so beneath me like it, it's just too much especially when you can read people very well right you're just like what is the point of all this <laughs> like I really don't feel like talking to hundreds of people again like I'm I'd like a different platform would be nice to meet somebody anyways that was long there you go <laughs> okay so I can give you the quick tip I also don't believe in online dating but I am open to like when you when you look at online dating, it's another tool to meet someone. It's not the tool, but a tool. And then a couple of days ago, my guide told me to go back to Hinge. And I was like, why the fuck do I have to go back? But I don't really like reject the suggestion. So 
when I deal with online dating, um, I accept everyone who gonna ask me out at least like one date because you never know. You might be missing. You do have a standard, but you might be missing like the opportunity to meet the one, right? So you can at least meet someone one time and then you just gonna deal with dating, not like, oh, I'm gonna meet Mr. Right or I'm gonna meet my future husband, not like that. But one of the meeting opportunity or a practice round. So if you look at that way, you have no pressure. You don't really even like feel um, emotionally attached to it unless there's a reason why you know, your date is providing the really good possibility, but you don't know this person. So in order to investigate if this person is full of shit or authentic person, it's going to take you about three months. So even then, you're not going to even like emotionally invest in that person because that is more of an investigation period. So when you look at the dating that way, instead of this is the only way, right? Um, then you can use dating as a tool, like online dating as a tool. And then you can even use like a site, like a meetup to do activity with people. And then you can meet um, your future love interest that way, or you can take the classes or stuff like that. You, these are so many other ways to meet other person, but just to use online dating as one of the opportunity, you know, and then just, um, you know, do that way. And when emotion comes up, like just go through every single emotions, just because you're sad or angry right now, that doesn't mean you're going to attract that more of that, like something you have to go through something you have to go through. Yeah. And I would say when it comes to the law of attraction, um, I think, because when I first started learning about it too, I was confused about a lot of things and I sort of had it wrong, but now that I've do, been doing this a long time now, um, the way it doesn't matter, like you don't have to be wrapped up in toxic positivity and that is a thing. And I think a lot of people, when they're talking about manifestation and law of attraction, get wrapped up in this idea that you have to be positive all the time, 24 seven in order to manifest. And it's not true because we're always manifesting. Everything that's around you that's going on right now is because you've already created it. And the key is when you're feeling sad, when you're feeling lonely, when you're experiencing grief, don't push that stuff away. It's okay. You're here to have an experience as a human being. And that includes the whole range of emotions. So when people get into this trap of, oh my gosh, I'm having negative thinking. I'm going to, I'm going to stall my manifestation. No, because positive thoughts are way more powerful than negative thoughts anyway. And if we manifested every single thing we thought of instantaneously, it would be a disaster. I would have been killed by a shark a long time ago <laughs> because I always worry about that when I go in the water. But honestly, <laughs> um, it's okay to go through these periods of feeling sad, of feeling lonely. The key is being consistent with what you're asking the universe for. And so many people are constantly like putting a barrage of things out there. I want this, I want this, I want this. And 
okay, well, no, I want this. And, oh, no, I want that too. And, uh, you know, and they're constantly changing it. So it's kind of like leaves things in this state of like suspension. So it's really helpful, I find, when people are wanting to manifest a relationship to get yourself to a place where you're feeling good. So it's okay if you're feeling bad. That's fine. Ride those feelings out. Because when you're feeling bad and you try to push that stuff away to try to pretend to be positive, a lot of times um, it ends up a stuck emotion in the energy body and that can build up over time. It can end up causing health problems and all kinds of things. So feel the feelings, allow them to move through you. Realize that this is not permanent. This is a temporary experience. Allow them to move through you. And when it comes to wanting to create that relationship, know what you want, know what you want. When you're wishy-washy about, yeah, I don't know if this is going to work. Yeah. I don't know if they're out there. Yeah. I don't know that I want to do this. I don't want to do that. Or maybe this works. Maybe it doesn't work. That's the kind of message you're sending out to the universe is I don't know what I want. And I don't know if I believe this. So, I mean, it's okay. Believe what you want. I mean, you can believe if the law of attraction works or it doesn't. I've seen it. I know for a fact it does. Um, and the thing is, it's always working and you just need to be at the point where you can say, okay, I'm ready to start dating again. So I want to date in a way that's going to be fun for me. And if you don't like online dating, then so be it. There's all kinds of places. I'd be like, universe, I'm going to start dating again. I'm ready to start dating again. What's the best way that would make my soul happy? Because my soul wants to experience dating again. So what's that going to look like? Show me how that, how my soul wants to do that moving forward and ask the universe to present you with opportunities. And there are all kinds of ways out there. There are singles groups. There are the meetup groups like Erica was talking about. We have this um, huge group here in Tampa called events and adventures that are for singles. And they have like 300 events a month where all kinds of single people get together and they do all kinds of fun things like skydiving, kayaking, all kinds of fun stuff. So, I mean, there's a billion ways out there to meet people that's not online dating. So find something that's fun. Find something that you like to do. That's what puts you in that higher vibration when you're doing something that you find that's fun. So yeah, if, if online dating is a drag for you and, it, and it's you find it, that it makes you feel worse, then don't do it. Because you want to be in a state of um, higher vibration for one and finding the fun in it and the joyfulness in it. And part of this too is being happy where you're at and knowing that, okay, I'm okay right now. I'm happy where I at. I'm at. Do I want a relationship? Yeah, but I feel pretty good now. So being in that kind of state is also really helpful to let the universe know that, hey, you know, I'm good. I'm happy. I'm in joy. I'm in gratitude. And when you're in those emotions, then you put out that feeling that, that feeler of, Hey, I really think I would like this relationship and this is what I want. That's when the universe starts presenting you with opportunities to have that thing. So it's kind of like, you know, don't judge yourself for having feelings like, Oh, I'm feeling sad. I'm feeling lonely and allow that to be for the time that it is. Allow yourself to get over the past experience. Allow yourself to move through, you know, yeah, this sucks and I don't like how I feel, but start doing things that 
make you feel better. You know, find things that make you feel better. Put on a funny movie, you know, do the things you enjoy doing that bring the joy to you because that's what's going to help make you feel better in the moment. And then if you continue doing that, you're going to find yourself in a place where you are feeling better. And then when you start putting that out to the universe that, hey, I'm ready to start dating, you know, hey, I would love to have some opportunities, you know, show me what's out there. Show me, you know, what's a great way to meet people that would be fun for me and focus on the feeling of fun and the feeling of excitement. And that's what makes it um, shift in that other direction, if that makes sense. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, <laughs> I just, I dated online for a while and it was more or less the same. I, I'm not really a big fan of doing it online. Like, I just think like if it's meant to be, then if this is what it takes to find it too, like to go through this, it's kind of like, it's not worth it then for me. Cause it's, um, it's just too much. It's too much. It's, I don't know. It's, uh, and then like, I have my daughter too, right? So, um, I'm trying to like, look after her and look after myself and look after my house and my bills. And there's other things that are going on that I have responsibilities for. So sort of like time is valuable to me. And I don't know. I just, I just have this weird feeling that it's like, it shouldn't be this hard. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I feel like it should not, I shouldn't have to keep putting myself out there and being disappointed either. Like it's like, can I, I interrupt I you for a second? Yeah. I'm going to interrupt yeah. you for a second. Yeah. Right there. <laughs> that mindset is what is keeping you stuck because a number one, you keep reiterating that it's hard. Number two, you keep saying that, um, why do I have to keep putting myself out there? So your mindset is what's perpetuating what's going on. Number two, you have to take action. You have to inspired action is going with that intuitive awareness that's saying, okay, go here, go do this, go do that. So it's paying attention to your intuition. That's how this whole law of attraction thing works. So if you're going to continue to say, this is hard. Online dating sucks. And not that you, you don't have to do online dating, but it's so hard to meet somebody. By continuing to say that, the universe is like, okay, it's hard to meet somebody. And that's going to continue to be your reality. So honestly, you really need to change your thinking around this whole thing. Because, and, and I know it's difficult, but if you can get yourself to a place where you're like, I'm going to meet somebody that's going to be fun. I'm going to meet somebody that's going to be easy. It doesn't have to be online dating. I'm going to meet somebody in another way that's really awesome and exciting. And you want somebody just to show up and make it easy and fun and, and they just show up for you, then, then put that out there. But if you keep saying it's hard, it's hard, it's hard, the universe is going to keep showing you it's hard, it's hard, it's hard. Does that make sense? And also, you know, um, I did hear this word from some other coach, which is perfectly makes sense to me. Uh, he was saying, if you don't put yourself out there, only person you're going to meet is UPS guy. That is true. So 
I am suggesting, you know, do online dating is one of the way to meet someone. You can meet someone anywhere. Like my last person I was dating with, he happened to sat down next to me on the uh, bus uh, on the on the way go back from uh, my girlfriend's wedding to New York, and then he sat down that way and then he asked me for my number. So that wasn't online dating. You know what I mean? So you do meet people everywhere, anywhere. Yeah, I met my husband at Starbucks at two o'clock in the morning. Yeah, so it's just uh, online dating is not the way. A way means like um, if you tend to not to go out, you need to have some kind of excuse to meet people because like um, you don't do all these activities and the stuff like that or you know uh, so you can put yourself in the mode of dating mode doesn't mean you're looking for the one through online but put yourself in that vibe so when you are having that kind of vibration then it's going to lead to some other event maybe your girlfriend's going to ask you to come to concert or whatever the event and your guy happened to be there that happens right it's just uh it's not the way but a way so last thing anyone want to do is just to stay home and waiting for some like, prince charming to show up at the doorstep it's not going to happen you have to take some kind of action right so um the reason why online dating is popular for other people because it's going to give you the reason to do something, take an action. But it's nothing more than that. It's not like a only way. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. <laughs> I just think it shouldn't be so relentless. It's a game, right? It's a game. And I mean, I talk to hundreds of people hundreds and you don't need to talk with 100 people because you have a job to do you don't have a time i only talk five people because i don't have a time and then how how many minutes do i spend online dating less than 10 minutes because i don't have a time for that so you are really you really want to like give standard like how how much time you're dedicating corresponding with people if the other person not going to ask you out after you're talking to a couple of correspondences, they just want a male body and you don't have time for that. So you, even for that, you really want to have your standard, how you want to conduct your time and how much you, you want to give your energy and the time for that because anybody don't have a time for 100 people or even 20 people, you're going to get exhausted. So that's why you may want to... Um, you may want to put like your uh, standard on. And also um, don't just think online dating is the only way to meet people. It's just to put you into the dating mode vibration. That's it. So don't take rejection personally. It got nothing to do with you. And if you want to heal that part of you, in order to find a new love, I do offer a lot of services at my Etsy store. If you want to jumpstart your new beginning, let's have a free diagnostic call and see what we can do about it. 
link is in, in the de description box. And I see you guys next time. Bye!